Hello, everyone. This is Thomas Howard, a.k.a. DJ Doc, and I want to welcome you to the Straight Talk podcast. Today, we are going to be talking to you um, a little bit about California housing status and what is the current moratorium meaning for you as well as buying and so today to help me with that we have our guest mrs daniel king owner of daniel king real estate investments danielle how are you great how are you thomas fantastic fantastic i know that we have been talking about uh covid and everybody has been focused on all of that and so forth but i know there's been a lot of things that have happened in the housing market can you enlighten us as to what you've been seeing Yes, um, of course. So like you said, there's been such a crisis. There's been a lot of ups and downs. But the plus side of that is that it's kind of opened up a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. So just like, for instance, if you had a house and it may not have gained a lot of equity over the years pre-COVID, but now after COVID, you have a ton of equity. So what that means is as a seller, you have the opportunity to either refinance and get you know money out of your house to start a business, to pay off debt, to buy another house, to send a kid to college. There is just so much leverage and opportunity provided to you by having a home. Now on the flip side of that, if you are a buyer, yes, that's going to increase you know, how much your house may cost, but the thing is you have a a lesser or a smaller you know APR percentage rate so it, in effect that would allow you to maybe have a smaller down payment because your interest rate is not as high so that's just kind of like cheap money you know right right now i know that i've heard uh when supply is high but demand or rather demand is high and supply is low that can cause some issues uh, are you seeing any of that going on? Yeah, of course. So, you know, uh, now you, a house may have been on the market for a couple of months, giving everybody an opportunity to see it. You know, then that would allow a buyer to make an offer a little bit less expensive. And depending upon how long it's been on the market, the seller may say, OK, boom, I'll take that. But in this day and age, you're getting in a little bit of a bidding war, you know, so you may right. have to have over what you had um, allotted to pay for that home. So just a little caveat to that is being a licensed general contractor as well. We've also seen um, besides this past month, things are kind of leveling out. But we saw where lumber was quite expensive and materials were expensive to build that home or make that home that you wanted. So buyers kind of had to either settle um, and get the home that, that was there and pay more for it because it was just too much money, even in new construction because of the lumber prices. But thank God they've gone down and even the housing market, things are staying on a little bit uh, longer than usual and the prices are kind of sort of leveling out. And, and I hope so, because, you know, out here in uh, San Diego, California, where we're at, um, a lot of people always talk about it's really expensive to purchase a home. And I know that uh, we're looking at purchasing next year okay. around July, August time frame. Uh -huh. And we just had some some great friends um, purchase a home and they talked about their experience, you know, with the fact that 
not only were they looking at the house, but there may have been 10 other people looking. And just like you commented about a bid war, you know, yeah. they had to put in a bid and then someone else put in a higher bid. Um, and it just kept going because I know right now, it seems like a lot of people are staying in the homes that they're in because they also have brought more family in. You know, some of the individuals lost jobs, couldn't work. And so they moved in with family that already had a home. Yeah. Um, how does how does that affect stuff? So it just depends because a lot of the family that uh, had to move in with another family, they may not have had a home purchased anyway. You know what I mean? So right. they may have been in an apartment or a roommate of somebody's. So I'm not so certain that that took a cut on like homes or now those people had an opportunity to an opportunity to sell their home, get that money out and kind of get them going for that, that next spell of life or moving in with somebody and being able to help them pay their bills. So it's always a plus side of it. And one thing what happens when you get into that bidding war, one thing I tell my buyers is don't get emotional. Don't yeah. get an ego about it because there is, if that house was your absolute favorite there's another house out there. But I, I think a lot of the times our egos get in the way and we get caught up. You know, you've seen the the comedy shows where they're bidding and you just they're throwing their hands up when, right. they don't, you know what I mean? It becomes more <laughs> than what it really is. Um, right. so what I do tell people and my buyers is just have a couple of rules. Write them down and go by the, those rules. Okay, I'm not going to spend more than this. If it's a husband and wife team, go ahead and jot it down and sign it. Um, meet with your lender early. So get with how much you can afford and what's your, what is your payment. So when that house does come up, you have a plan. You're already ready to go because that other buyer may not be ready to go or they may not be paying cash or they may not have everything all squared away. And that's when you can slide in. Have your must haves there. Like, OK, I want to stay in this neighborhood for these schools. And these are my features must have. I must have a two car garage, you know, so that way you're not just going around getting so emotional, looking at 10 to 15 houses, not remembering which is which. And then at the very end, having this bidding war when it's just a bunch of frustration. And, and that makes perfect sense, because when we were looking to purchase when we bought our first home, we saw this one home, myself and my son, we really, really, really loved it. And uh, we put in a bid and uh, we found out that a couple of other people had put in bids and then they came back and said, we didn't get it. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm not looking for another house. I'm not going to find anything like that. And, you know, just like what you're talking about, we went ahead and my wife calmed me down. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we started looking and we found something that was even better yes and and what was great was when that house went on the market it was going up the next day and our real estate agent um found out that it was going to be going up and contacted the agent the selling agent uh -huh. and uh, said you know i i have someone that that would probably like to look at this can we do it they were like yeah you know first thing in the morning you can you know come on and see it um, yeah and, and she was like, well, you know, can we can can I just get them there? And what was interesting was, I guess they talked and so forth. They talked with the owner and they said, yeah, you know, they can come by tonight. So perfect. Uh, we went by 
we were the first ones to see it. And what was funny was my daughter was standing in the kitchen after we looked at the house uh-huh. with our agent. And they were like, what do you think? I said, well, you know, I think it's fantastic. We, we want to go ahead and put a bid. And we put a bid in over what they were asking by about okay. 10000 because yeah. we really liked it. And, you know, we wanted to, we figured if we, we were the first to, to put in a nice bid, you know, we could have time down the road because we'd been doing this for about three, four months. Yeah. And uh, she, I guess she had already talked with them, uh-huh. the owner and the agent. And, you know, they really wanted to sell. They were moving and so forth. And it wasn't a short sale or anything like that. But um, it was so funny because I guess our agent got on the phone with their agent who was on the phone with them, the sellers. And, you know, they were like, hey, this seems gay. And she told them all about us. And uh, she then told my daughter, well, go ahead and give it to them, you know. And we were like, what? So I figured it was paperwork to put in the bid. And uh, what it was, it was the purchase agreement and everything else. She says, uh, the house is yours. They already said yes. And I'm like, what? Well, you know, how, how that happened. So when you talk about emotional Buying and selling a house is, is like a roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. But it's one of the greatest feelings once you've accomplished either way that you're going. Yeah, you know? it is. It's we, a big we, deal. Yes, yes. Now, I want you to tell us a little bit real quick about what it means as far as an investment with so, real estate. So to me, okay, it is such an investment. When you think back, think about all the people who have money, who have millions, who've been able to leverage and start businesses. They always segue their way into real estate, whether it's commercial or residential, because that's the only thing that's actually real property. Even when you check out stocks and bonds and things of those nature, that nature, they up, they go down, they fluctuate. But the only thing that will steadily increase over time, double digit return is property, real estate. Right. Right. Everything else is so volatile, fickle. So okay. when you think about families who've been able to amass wealth, how did they do it? What did they pass down? Real estate. So, of course, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, I like to stick and move. Everything's so fickle. I like to be able to pick up and go. Yeah, I see that as a pro, but I also see that as a con because get a house while you're while you're there. Pay it off. Put somebody in it. Use that leverage to start a business. Use that investment. Even if it's a small, you don't have to step out there and get a five bedroom. I'm also big on not waiting. Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to the perfect time. It's, there's never going to be a perfect time. Meanwhile, you could have bought that one one condo or whatever it is or two two or conversion and you could be either renting it out. You could either have a roommate. You could be acquiring um, money in there steadily. Just think if somebody had said, oh, it's getting kind of crazy with, you know, all of the social injustice, all of the things going on with the pandemic, all of the things going on with the, the politics. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to wait. But what did they do? They just waited themselves out $100,000, $150,000 average. Correct. So it's it's just about getting creative, doing it, getting creative. The housing 
market. And I'm not saying, you know, hurry up, get the money out, get another house, get another house. It's about slowly but surely buying and holding, using that leverage from one investment to get another one, then going back and doubling your payments on that old one. So let's say you do that. What if the housing market crashes and you got five houses, but three are paid off? Two are paid off. One is paid off, whatever it is. Now you have even more leverage because you can either allow that person to stay there or, you know, they have them leave, but you can knock the rent down. So now you are a little bit more competitive based on the rest of the rentals. You have so much leverage in so many different ways you could take that if you're willing to do it and put in the work and get creative make a couple of sacrifices. And I think that's so important. I think there has to be some classes um, out there that people can take to really understand what it means to have the um, real estate investments. Because the biggest thing that I see is a lot of times someone has paid off a home, it's in the family, the wrong person gets to decide what to do with it. And the first thing they do is sell it because of all that money. They yeah. don't look at the long game. They're looking at the short game. The short, and it's so many different things because you can put it in a trust. You could put it, I always uh, recommend, even if it's a husband and wife or a single person or a kid or whomever, put that house in a trust so that the right people do the right thing. It could be a family trust. That way you're able, if you get sued or something weird happens, they can't come after the equity in your home. There's other things to do with investments. Each property should be an LLC so that you're covered on that end. And that business is a business when you have a, a couple of properties. That way, they're not all tied to one person, just you. So when something happens, it's trouble or your taxes or you're unable to expense things because now it's all in your personal name. And there is so many different avenues to go down. We just must educate ourselves and don't give up. Most definitely. Most definitely. Now, the one thing I wanted to talk about also was the moratorium. I know that that has been on a lot of people's minds. I've had some some individuals ask me about that and talk with me about it and so forth. And I just wanted to go over a little bit because I know that we've all seen things online, in the media, things of that nature. Um, I'm looking right now at the San Diego Housing Commission. And part of what people need to understand is that the tenants throughout the state of California, including the city of San Diego residents, cannot at this moment be evicted for non-payment of rent related to COVID-19, at least until October 1st. That's when this, this newest moratorium uh, runs out. And uh, a lot of people try and figure out when this is. And this includes unpaid rent due between March 1st of 2020 and September 30 of 2021. So the big thing um, I've seen is some individuals who owned houses, they also had to sell homes because of either having tenants there that weren't able to pay. And if they owned another home, it was tough to pay both of them. And I saw where they had to sell and so forth. Um, but the one thing that I know that's occurring and I've heard a lot about was that when the moratorium ends, a lot of individuals are going to have to make sure that they're paying minimum, okay, 25% uh, of the rent they owe between the period of September 1, 2020 through September 30, 2021. And my understanding is there's some federal funds that may be available to pay up 100% of a household's unpaid rent um, 
but they have to apply for that. So, yes. Go ahead. So I have been seeing a couple of websites, a couple of nonprofit organizations that received those funds, countywide funds, federal funds, to actually either help someone move. So um, if that landlord wants them out now because of the strife between them. So I've seen a lot of funds that are available for first and last, you know, and security to help them move. Um, I've seen a couple of funds that they do have to apply for. Um, that's kind of, again, a double-edged sword because there are so many different things that can be done that, that could help, or you could have been paying on it. So it's just so many different things happening, variables in that. Um, I haven't had to deal with that either for a client. Now I've had some sellers that had to deal with that, but then that was a positive note for that buyer because now that seller was in a rush to get rid of that property, so to speak. And now yeah. a buyer who may not have been able to buy that property or they escaped a bidding war because now you have somebody that's already ready to go and willing to buy your property to save your credit. So it's always two sides to every story, pluses and, you know, a couple of cons. Um, I would recommend anybody to, like you said, maybe have been saving up something, applying for anything they could have applied for. And as crazy as it sounds, I'm always a proponent for do what you must do. If I had to go out and, and dig for cans and the garbage to stop from losing my home, that's what I would do. Right, right. And, you know, what I want to let people know is to access the application for the San Diego Housing Commission. Um, with assistance, just go to covidassistance.sdhc.org. I'll have it in the notes, the show notes, so you can uh, see that that website. And just know, you know, there are things that you can do that will help. But in the meantime, this newest moratorium ends October 1st. So in a little bit over three weeks, that'll be ending. So you want to make sure that you're trying to position yourself uh correctly because you're going to have to start paying that rent unless they create another moratorium of course that's, that's that's the biggest thing i've been telling people biggest thing so i want you to leave us real quick with one of the the best things you can think of as far as real estate and what people need to do i think the biggest thing for a lot of people is fear and i kind of touched on that the other day with going live on my page you have two different types of fear, two different kind of systems of people. You got people who have the money, but they're afraid to make a move or double their money. You know, they just sit in that home and they're scared of the market right now. And then you have people who are just afraid of of getting a no or hearing a no. My thing is get to your lender. And if you know you have credit issues, talk about it get help. Don't just wipe it up under the rug because it's not going anywhere. So get with the lender so that you could create a plan. Also, if you have the money and you're just kind of not doing anything with it too, make a plan, get that condo, get something so that you could have something to leave behind so that you could pass on something so that you could be making your money work for you. The worst thing to do to me is be in a comfort, a casket of comfort which is not like that, that comfortable, comfortable, in my opinion. I don't want to just lay there, you know? Right, so right. 
It's just about doing something, uh, researching, starting a business, just having properties is a business. Each one would be a separate business, separate LLC with a separate bank account, bringing in money, which if you would have had that, you would have been able to get a SBA loan or a loan because that's a business entity. You know, so just different little quirks that people have been doing for years that we just didn't know about. Right. Right. Well, I thank you for that. And I thank you for being here with us and enlightening us and uh, all of the world with, you know, uh, real estate and things of that nature, because it's so important. It's it's one of the things that I think people overlook when they think about investments and what it can do for you. So I thank you for that, Danielle. Thank thank you for having me. Oh, most definitely. And I want to thank everyone for listening uh, to the Straight Talk podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Howard, a.k.a. DJ Doc, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.